like to invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. One of the blessings of doing this program is that I run into all kinds of wonderful music from places that I seldom travel. So I was delighted when some music from some young folks in California came my way recently. Sam Meissner and Megan Smith are, together, Meissner and Smith, the kind of folks whose voices are meant to dance together, bringing beauty and stirring souls when they do. You'll find some bonus excerpts of my interview with Sam Meissner on the NorthernSpiritRadio.org website, because there's just never enough time to include all that I'd like to in this broadcast. Get ready for some great tunes and lyrics from some young folkish folks as Sam Meissner of Meissner & Smith joins us by phone from Davis, California. Sam, I'm really excited to have you here today for Song of the Soul. Hi, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. You mentioned earlier when I was speaking to you before we started recording that both you and Megan used to live in San Francisco, but now you live by Davis there in California. Did you move because you wanted to get away from the big city? What was the motivation? It was kind of a number of things. We loved San Francisco. We spent about eight years there total, and it's the nearest big city from where both of us separately grew up. But a number of reasons, one being it was the most expensive city, I think, in the country right now. So that was a big factor. But we also have been on the road, both as musicians and actors, over the last 10 or 12 years. And we had just got back from an acting and music job at the Colorado Shakespeare Festival in Boulder, immediately started a job in Sacramento, which is right near Davis, where we live now, and ended up staying in Davis, which is Megan's hometown. And we found a great house while we were working in Sacramento. Basically just realized we loved living on the ground floor, having a house, having a, a garden, having sun. Many people think of San Francisco as like you see on TV with sun and beaches. It's foggy a lot of the time, and it was cold, and it's hard to have any sort of garden there. So we made the decision to, it's close enough to the greater Bay Area that we can go in and do gigs and see friends, and it's more of a, a little commute than being far away. So we decided to stay in Davis, and we've been here about four years now. A number of reasons, but it's nice to have space <laughs> and without downstairs neighbors, which definitely affects as a musician, when you can let your inspiration be free. And the inspiration doesn't always happen between 8 a.m. and 9 p.m., so it's nice to have the ability to play whenever we want. 
Well, let's talk a little bit about how you and Megan got together. Again, the group, Meissner and Smith, the website, MeissnerandSmith.com. Follow the link from Northern Spirit Radio if you have a question. Back to about 2004, I think? Yeah, we had met a couple years earlier at a Shakespeare festival working as actors. Got to know each other then and went separate ways as life in the theater often happens. You travel in the same circles, but you're not always cast in the same shows, so... A couple of years went by, and we stayed in touch, and then we happened to be cast in a, a musical play about Woody Guthrie called Woody Guthrie's American Song. It's a great piece that we've ended up doing with different theaters and different actors and different musicians over the years. The first version that we did together was in 2004, and it's a great piece and has been, well, really special to us because it's where we started as a duo and as a couple. and. But it's a play that's so much about hope. And, well, Woody has just been a big influence, not just his songwriting, but what he wrote about and how he wrote about it and finding hope when the world kind of seems like there's no hope to be found. So anyway, that's we met doing that play, and it kind of fell into playing as a duo because most of the show is anywhere from two to three to four, five-part harmonies, really beautiful arrangements of Woody's songs. And we had one section in the play where our two characters sang, I think, two lines of a song, a cappella, just the two of us. And I remember the first rehearsal when we did it, kind of looked at each other and went, wow, that's a really nice blend we have, our two voices. It kind of just went from there, late night jams with everyone in the cast and the, the band, and it was a really special time. We fell into playing as a duo soon after that. We, it was a job out of town, and when we got back to San Francisco, played an open mic together and were asked to do a gig, and we realized, okay, well, I guess let's try doing this. <laughs> and you're now an item. And in the Woody play, musical, were you cast in roles so you actually had to kiss? <laughs> no, there was no kissing in that show. Oh, no. okay. Well. Yeah. <laughs> The lovers, they sat in the dark and they sparked. Yeah, right. <laughs> I thought maybe. Who knows? Not everyone's going to get that reference to his song, but, you know, whatever. That's okay. But let's talk a little bit about your music. When, why don't you just start us off with one of your songs right away? Because you've got such beautiful music. And when you talked about vocally how the two of you blend, that's exactly my impression from listening to Seven Hour Storm. Well, starting off with our new album, the title track of Seven Hour Storm, on the whole album, we wanted to feature the harmonies in a prominent way, which I think is our calling card. But we also, this is the first album that we've had the, the budget and the time to spend in the studio for an extended amount of days. So what is Seven Hour Storm specifically about? Is this you? And I mean, did you really, at the age of 10, you know, capture your writing? What were you writing and how does that fit into the song? Well, the idea of the song started with just literally the first line came into my head, I was made this way. That, the idea of, are we just made the way we are? And then I remembered for some reason, I don't know if it was connected or not, but I remembered when I was in seventh or eighth grade, a great teacher for English, he asked us to write a, a letter to ourselves as our older selves, I think as our 30-year-old selves or something like that. I came across that letter that I'd written to myself, and he I think he was originally going to send it to us when we graduated high school or something, and it was such a trip to get this letter and see my 12-year-old self's 
handwriting and read what I was thinking then and what I was projecting that my 30-year-old self would want to hear. I was sitting here looking at this letter, the idea of, well, who was that that wrote that? It was me, but it's, it's not me anymore, but there are still elements of me in it. And just the, the wondering if I'd done everything that I'd hoped I would do when I was that young and the impetus of the song was that letter, but became more about the creative process and the feeling of sometimes standing in the middle of a storm, which it can be very exciting and it can also feel very dangerous and daunting at the same time. And I think the idea of a seven-hour storm for me doesn't have a necessarily a specific meaning as much as a feeling. For me, the creative process can often feel just crazy. And yet sometimes you, you come out of that storm changed and, and hopefully with a result that feels like that is a truth in some sense. Well, people are itching to hear it, so let's play it now. The song is Seven Hour Storm by Meissner and Smith. I was made this way In a seven hour storm It blew and then was gone I was born On a gust of wind My first steps all were stumbles And they haven't really changed at all since then Nothing new today I slip back to a time Of easy memories But they aren't mine I'm surrounded now Reminded of a letter That I'd written to myself When I was ten the lines with these words that lie and stare at me tonight Whose hand tells the pen that scratched the lines with these words that lie and stare at me I'm lost again I've curved my share of corners And I'm back to where this winding trail began So I'll push ahead And chase that flickering lantern That circles round my island now
I was made this way In a seven hour storm It blew and then was gone And I was born On a gust of wind My first steps all were stumbles And they haven't really changed at all since then Meissner and Smith, its title track of their new CD, Seven Hour Storm. You said when you were talking about that, Sam, that when you got the letter, you were kind of seeing things through your 12-year-old eyes or your 30-year-old eyes or just wondering about, have I lived up to? So my question is, have you lived up to? Do you feel a success from your point of view of your younger self, your older self? Is this where you wanted to be? Hmm. That's a great question. I think that would depend on the day. <laughs> in general, yeah, I, I'm very proud of having followed the desire to be in the creative arts and to be singing and writing. It's fun to have gone back. I've, I've since discovered some old journals that I'd written in, in junior high and early high school, around the time that I first started playing guitar, actually. And I've always wanted to be a singer in a lot of ways, but I'd forgotten how much I'd wanted to be a singer by reading some of these old journals. And it's funny reading those again. I've realized, wow, I, I'm actually really following what I wanted to do. Are you saying that in middle school or in junior high school when you were that young, were you hoping to play Shakespeare or Woody Guthrie was your hero already? Well, I hadn't started, the I'd started theater right about the same time. At that time, I was, it was something that I was interested in and had fun doing, but it wasn't necessarily what I wanted to do with my life. But I was also asking, Sam, if the music of your teenage years there was Woody Guthrie. Was that the kind of music you were in, or did you want to grow up to be Mick Jagger or someone? You know, who? Yeah, who were my influences? I guess at that time I was, I never really listened to the, the music that a lot of my friends were listening to. The music that really grabbed me and was inspiring to me were my parents' record collection, which was everything from Bob Dylan and the Beatles and the band. The band was a huge influence on me. Jefferson Airplane and the Birds and Buffalo Springfield. So a lot of the 60s and 70s and, you know, Talking Heads were in there. And But music that was lyrical in the sense that it was poetic and filled with metaphor and Melody and harmony I've always been attracted to. It just always, even very, very young, I just it just made me so happy to hear voices harmonizing. And again, you and Megan do it so well. Again, we're speaking right now with Sam Meissner, half of Meissner and Smith. They've just released their latest CD, Seven Hour Storm. We've heard one song from it so far, Sam. How about another one? Great, yeah. Going right down the order, actually, the second song on the new album is called Calling. And what is a calling for you? I'm a Quaker, and so, you know, callings are this special thing led by the divine or whatever it is, you know. What's calling for you? Oh, that's beautiful. I didn't know that. 
I think it's very similar from what you just described. To me, the calling that is in the song is that sort of voice in one's head that is sometimes louder than others, but that's pulling you to do something. That sense of, uh, there's something I want to work on to do, to create something in life that is my calling, I guess. And I think that sometimes you hear that voice, but it's not always easy to act on it. Sometimes fear gets in the way. Sometimes just life gets in the way. But that voice that's calling you to do something that you feel is your destiny, I guess. I don't know if that, that might be too strong of a word, but just calling you to, to act and how sometimes we get in our own way. <laughs> yeah, we have a phrase in Quaker circles, way will open. You know, it's something about you know being called in a direction and then having the doorway to it open for you. But there's also a saying that goes with it, kind of a tongue-in-cheek one, way will open when I get out of my own way. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Oh, boy, I can relate to that. <laughs> Do you have specific examples of callings you felt? Well, I mean, just the fact of going into, of staying in the arts and staying in creative arts, it's not always easy. It's often very hard, and, you know, there's a lot of self-doubt that can come up. As much as I love doing it, sometimes you just wonder if what you're doing is, is getting anywhere. And, but life in the arts is probably the biggest thing for me. The song is Calling Again by Sam Meissner and Megan Smith, known as Meissner and Smith. You cut all your ties, foolish or wise, are you falling? Something out there pulls you to dare and it's calling.
Calling by Meissner and Smith. We have Sam Meissner with us here today. Again, you can find them on the web at MeissnerandSmith.com. You're listening to Song of the Soul, which is the Northern Spirit Radio production, on the web at NorthernSpiritRadio.org. On that site, you'll find more than eight and a half years of our programs for free listening and download. You'll find information and links to our guests. You'll find a place to leave comments, and we really do love two-way communication. So when you visit, please post us a comment. There's also a place to donate. Also, I want to remind you to support your local community radio station. They are such a valuable alternative source of news and of fine music that you get nowhere else. So before you do anything else, support that local community radio station, and we'll have a portal on so many valuable resources. Again, we're talking with Sam Meisner of Meisner and Smith. He and Megan Smith have been doing music for almost 10 years now. And the song we just heard, Calling. And when you were introducing that, Sam, you mentioned about a calling. It's almost like a voice in your head. Some people say when you have a voice in your head, that's a question of mental health. (laughs) Oh, I question my own health. (laughs) I've been accused of that. I haven't been officially accused of any mental problems. Is this the kind of job, though, that your parents supported, your friends supported? Maybe you're part of a community that says, yeah, it's sane to put all of your effort and time into this creative stuff, which doesn't build bridges or roads or doesn't grow crops. Who have been your supporters or are there particular detractors? Did you go to college in order to get a degree and find music or did you go and try and become an electrical engineer? Both Megan and I, our families have been huge supporters of us following the artistic paths. And we both did go to university for, for, well, Megan was studying both music and theater at the University of Oregon in Eugene. And I studied theater at UC Santa Cruz. Yeah, we were, we've been lucky to have, we didn't have the hurdle of our families fighting us for a, a more practical direction with our careers. I can say with complete confidence that we would not be where we are. We wouldn't be able to keep doing this without the support of the people in our family. Yeah, our our parents, both sets of our parents are absolutely thrilled that we're doing what we're doing. And they know how hard it is. They know the challenges. And they are our number one encouragers. Well, you know, the fact that you do theater is pretty interesting. Because you're so into music, and, you know, you mentioned that you did the Woody Guthrie piece. Yeah. I would assume that what you'd be drawn to most of all would be musicals. Yeah, most people do think that that would be the case. But honestly, the only musicals that Megan and I have done 
you know, the Woody show, and then we did a play about Hank Williams. And I think Megan has done one other kind of musical theater show. But for the most part, what we're interested in is there are straight plays. You know, we've done everything from Shakespeare to Tennessee Williams to Neil Simon and, and newer plays. Megan's actually in rehearsal for a Tom Stoppard play as we speak, actually. And we actually have a few months of theater work coming up. So, yeah, it, surprisingly, musical theater has not been what we've focused on. And also, you asked earlier about influences. I realized recently that we're both influenced, you know, our musical influences should really include some playwrights because there's such a similarity, even when we're doing theater and not playing music as much, which isn't usually the case. We're playing music almost all the time now. But either of the arts, theater, music, we feel it's about telling stories. And I think that's the thread between the two is, is characters and stories. So even though our musical influences are so huge, I feel like as a songwriter, I've learned as much about the craft of songwriting by reading poetry and being immersed in Shakespeare and studying how scenes and plays are put together and how stories are shaped. To me, that has been as much of an influence on the way I write songs and the way we approach the performing of them as any musician. So I, I feel like I've got this great wealth of influence from another side of myself that's coming at songwriting even from, a, from an angle that isn't necessarily just music, that influenced by poetry and, and the craft of an actor. So let's get into some more of the music that you've been influenced to create. So what's next for Song of the Soul? The next song is called The Upside. This is one that I feel ended up being sort of a theme for us in the whole process of recording, starting with a fundraiser that we did beforehand and just the whole process of working on the album. So this song very much came out of, it was written maybe a couple years ago, going through somewhat of a tough time. And in a way, this song, I was writing somewhat outside of myself to myself. And the song's all about finding hope and where do you find hope when it feels like the whole world is showing you that there, there really isn't any hope. To me, it's, it's also just about the faith that you have to have that, it, that things are going to turn around, even if the evidence isn't pointing that way. So you were feeling down, you weren't feeling like things are going in good direction. What is that for you? I mean, is that a bad hair day or is <laughs> that your dog died or is it that what is a relatively hopeless time look like for you? Well, I think for me at the time it was wondering if I was on the right path. I felt a little lost. I didn't know if where I was both professionally and personally if I'd just gotten off track somewhere that was leading me to a lot just a lot of questions and the questions didn't seem to go away. So it was, it was much worse than a bad hair day for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Questioning whether I should stay on the path that I was on. In a sense, I wanted to write it from outside myself. I didn't want it to be just expressing how badly I was feeling and the darkness I was feeling. It was, in a way, I wrote it as if I was telling a friend the, the advice that I would give a friend I often find that I can give good advice, and then it's hard for me to take my own advice in the moments I need it. So in a lot of ways, I was writing it as what I would tell a good friend who was feeling what I was feeling. 
So what you're saying is if you're feeling down, Megan can go and grab a CD player, grab iPod, plug this in for you and say, I have someone to talk to you who, who can give you some good advice. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We, we make the CDs just so we can play them for each other and, uh, <laughs> if we ever need any advice. <laughs> the song is The Upside and it's by Meissner and Smith.
today we're pleased to have from Davis, California, Sam Meissner. He is half of Meissner and Smith on the web, meissnerandsmith.com. And that was their song, The Upside. Kind of soft rock, I guess I'd call that. But I understand you don't like to be put in any kind of narrow confines. So clearly there's an Americana influence. There's kind of folk, soft rock, country, all of that's in there. Did I say anything that you want me to apologize for? <laughs> no, I love all of that, yeah. The Upside for us was one that we really expanded from our duo version. That was the first song in the recording process that our recording engineer, Bruce Kappen, who also played a few instruments on the record as well, he suggested electric 12-string because he heard a lot of influence from bands like The Birds, who were so well-known for that 12-string sound that McGuinn played. I was talking to a folk musician just recently, last week or two. What she said to me is that a lot of folk musicians play songs about kind of the dark stuff. It's the peace and justice side, but, you know, you always have to point out what's going wrong in the world so you can yeah. save the miners who died in the cave-in or whatever. That's folk music style. I tend to think of folk musicians as hopeful what about you and what about Megan? Are you two hopeful folks? I guess kind of you have to be optimists in order to try and pursue a career in this area. <laughs> I think we're both very much the optimists. And I feel like the reason we play is to spread hope and to share it. Not that we don't have our own dark times. There's no question about it. But choosing to focus only on the negative, I think, is a mistake. Because, it, I don't know, it seems like in a lot of modern life, what is the go-to place is negativity and snarkiness and cynicism. And, and I can be cynical as much as anyone else. And we have written, you know, there are definitely some of our songs that are talking about the dark times. And I wrote a song on one of our previous albums about the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory fire that happened in 1911 in New York City, which was a, a terrible tragedy and very much in the vein of what Woody Guthrie was writing about. But that's not the only part of life, you know, that there are also wonderful, beautiful things. And I think one of the challenges is to let the darkness, the hard parts of life in. But the important part is, well, what do you do with that? Other than just expressing it, what do you do to get through that? I feel like what we're doing together, performing-wise, is trying to spread that, the upside of it all. <laughs> do you have religious or spiritual background or presence? How did you get to this point of view? I always figure that people have some kind of big picture view, which I would always label spiritual, that gives them strength, gives them context to keep on keeping on. Yeah. Neither of us have any religious backgrounds. We weren't raised going to church or anything. But I think if anything was to be called spiritual, I think a lot of, for myself, growing up, I felt through my parents that nature was where I drew hope and a connection to something greater than myself. And I, I, not to speak for Megan, but the natural world, she's very, very into gardening. We both are. But there's something about the natural world. Things die, other things grow, they come back, there's a cycle. So I feel like the natural world, and not that we're scientists, but the science of life is also plays into that for us. There wasn't any strictly religious upbringing, but I think the spirituality of creation, I think that's where we gather our spirituality from. 
Yeah, on your website, there's some words about you, and one of the things it says, the songs yearn for connection, ache for understanding, relish in mystery, and rejoice in creation. That, for me, is a perfect description of a really vital spirituality. Oh, that's great. That sums up a lot of what we're trying to do with our music, I think. And to me, I think for both of us, really, Life and art is not about a final product. It's not about a finish line that you get to. It's not about the finished product that's shiny. It's about the process. I'm totally into that. I mean, I mentioned to you I was Quaker, and one, another name for Quaker is Seekers. Mm. Yeah, so we're constantly looking after what elements of the truth we can touch. And like the Hindu story about five blind men touching different parts of the elephant and describing what they know of truth, we each got a piece of it that we touch. And there is a hole there, a complete thing there, but we're only touching a piece of it. And so, you know, each person shares their bit of what they can find. Yeah, I like that. That's a great, I remember hearing about that story. And that's very much how I view truth, too, in that I don't believe that there is necessarily one truth, that there are many truths and maybe many universes. I don't know. <laughs> You're touching in, that, that's my area because I'm a science fiction fan. Okay, many universes. Oh, well, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> we, we could have a whole conversation about the multi-universe theory then. Because <laughs> I've gotten into quantum mechanics and quantum physics a few years ago, too. So. <laughs> Well, as a physics teacher, I've had to teach it. So what your expertise is supposed to be, though, is music. So why don't you share another song? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, the next song I thought we could listen to is called Lovers Like Us. And it's one that we asked our sound engineer, who's also an amazing world-class pedal steel guitar player named Bruce Cappen. And this song, Lovers Like Us, I'd always envisioned. Uh, it dips into the country world, I think. And I'd always heard pedal steel guitar on it, so let's take a listen. <laughs> I asked for your shoulder, not for your soul. You're either confused or don't listen at all. The lines are crooked, the colors are wrong. Lovers like us don't fit in a song Can't catch the beat, can't harmonize I see you agree by the look in your eyes All that we knew Swimming in circles What else can we do? Sink or swim It's hard to decide Drift in the current Or drown in the tide Can't catch the beat Can't harmonize I see you agree by the look in your eyes Can't 
like us. And I'm assuming those lovers might be Sam and Megan of Meissner and Smith. It's great country twang going on there. That's that's a beautiful, beautiful, fun song. And it touches on enough stuff that gets close to spirituality and religion that I feel like you're playing without getting very explicit about it. You know, when you say, I ask for your shoulder, not for your soul, or there's a reference later on to limbo, laid up in limbo. Yeah. Did those words come out because you were writing something in the country vein, or is that something that's native to Sam Meissner? Huh. I wasn't, as I was writing it, I wasn't necessarily thinking, what are words that sound country or, or sit in that genre? So I think it was mostly just from me and what was the music and the lines before and kind of as the song was developing, somewhat themes that kind of popped into my head in a way. And for me, the song is very much about that gray area that we can get into as in any relationship of close, intimate lovers or partners where you don't know... (laughs) who's right and who's wrong and, and it's a mixture of both and it can be so confusing and that limbo sense of where do we go from here you know in some ways this song seems so inappropriate for you and megan to be singing together i mean amongst the lines you know can't catch the beat can't harmonize 
yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. You are you talking about a previous relationship, or are you talking just metaphorically of the struggles of your relationship? I wouldn't say it's about Megan and I. To me, it's. I think it comes from a number of experiences I've had and and witnessed other people who have had the same experiences. Have you had girlfriends who couldn't sing? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> going to your harmonize. <laughs> really? I, yeah, I think I think I have definitely. Megan is the only girlfriend I've really sung with. It's a special one at that, and for sure. And the line about harmonize has always been special in that there's an irony to it. To get technical, the harmony that Megan sings on the word harmonize is, strictly speaking, it's a correct harmony. But it sounds just a little bit off to kind of play with the idea that I think as any couple, you sometimes you harmonize and sometimes you just don't. <laughs> sometimes it just doesn't quite fit. If I haven't made this clear before while speaking with you today, Sam, yeah, your two voices together is a heavenly experience. And as I was first listening to your CD when it arrived, I was thinking Simon and Garfunkel. I was thinking Mamas and Papas. I was thinking Peter, Paul and Mary. I was thinking all kinds of people who do great singing together. In some ways, simplicity that's so enriched by intricate musical harmonies just transforms a simple song into a heavenly delight. So that, that's that been my experience of getting to know your music. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. Thank you. And I think that clock is wound down far enough so that we better start your last song so we can get the full thing in before we sign off. So one more song. How do we conclude your song of the soul, Sam? This is a song that's very special to us. It's a song called Next Time Around. This is one that I wrote and then later realized where the influence had come from. And going back a few months before I'd written it, we were on tour up in Seattle, played a house concert. We do a lot of house concerts, and they're often some of our favorite shows because they're intimate and you really connect to an audience in ways that you're not always able to at a club. And in this particular house concert, one of the hosts we later learned was very sick and only a few weeks later we got a message that he had passed away and as it turned out we, well we knew he was sick at the time but we didn't know how bad it was but we could feel that the house concert we were playing was he was surrounded by family and friends and there was an air of celebration that he was in very good spirits family was in good spirits there were friends around there was music happening the song itself is about singing through the pain and celebrating life. As I was writing it, and this is a song that I wrote specifically hoping that Megan would sing the lead on it, I, I thought of it somewhat as a gospel-type song without a denomination, in a way. But singing the way that, singing as celebration, one of the lines talks about singing through our tears. To me, that's what that evening concert was about and was so inspiring as I realized later how important that day was, that that show was, not just for us, but for the family and friends. I'm just so glad that we captured it in a song in a way, too. And you captured it so very well. We're ending today's Song of the Soul visit with Sam Meissner of Meissner and Smith on the web at MeissnerandSmith.com. We're ending it with their song from their most recent CD, Seven Hours Storm. The song is Next Time Around. Sam, it's been a delight getting to know you and your music, and I look forward to much more ahead. Mark, thanks so much. It's been a pleasure talking with you, too. 
Remember to go to nordenspiritradio.org for some bonus excerpts we couldn't fit in this broadcast. Right now, we'll take you out with Next Time Around, Meissner and Smith. See you next week for Song of the Soul. I don't know if I'm ready yet. I've only just begun. Even though it's been so long since my eyes first saw sun, I slept like a lord, always bet the underdog. Now I'm praying that my pony comes around. So please don't weep when I've gone, when I've gone. Come downstairs, clear the chairs, and sing all my favorite songs. The love I have known is twice what I have shown, but I'll be it back in
The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy, let in the light, it will heal you. And you can feel you and sing out a song of the soul.